Hey everyone, first off I want to apologize for how late this episode is. I had some issues with my computer, my operating system crashed, I had to reinstall it, lost all my programs, but I'm back, I'm ready, and I have all my programs set, so I'm good to go to record. So, without further ado, welcome to this week's The Universe in You by the Signifying Nothing Network. Join me as I bring you really through a story, a story of discovery, a story of new thinking and new ideas, a story of fringe physics. So this week's topic is quantum mechanics. So in the last few weeks, we've talked about things as massive as galaxies, as dense and powerful as black holes, as weird as alternate universes and other realities. Quantum mechanics, though, is the exact opposite of that spectrum. Quantum mechanics involves the smallest of things. You see, it only becomes extremely relevant when you get to something smaller than an atom, smaller than maybe even the particles that make up an atom. Anything really smaller than a proton is the domain of quantum mechanics. In that area, that scale, things like Newtonian physics start to break down. You see, scientists realized that particles that small acted differently in ways we could not predict, and therefore they realized that we needed a new system, a new form of science. This science required a new generation of scientists, intellectuals, great thinkers, to tackle old problems with a brand new mindset, with new ideas. Now, quantum mechanics isn't a structured science per se, not yet. It doesn't have exact values, constants, simple equations, or, or basic math involved. You see, it is a science of probability, of waves, of uncertainty, and outcomes which are not always predictable. Early quantum theory has already led to computer breakthroughs, things like LEDs in your TVs, lasers that we use to read CDs or play with our cats, medical imaging like MRIs to check your legs, or superconducting magnets used in maglev trains. These breakthroughs have already come about through basic understanding of quantum mechanics that we are just starting to really get under control. The modern concept of quantum mechanics was developed in the early 20th century by men like Erwin Schrodinger, Max Planck, Werner Heisenberg, Max Born, and other imaginative scientists studying the mysteries of blackbody radiation. They were driven by the discovery that subatomic particles don't always act like they should. Sometimes, they act remarkably like waves. Albert Einstein realized this, and in 1905, he published a paper on the photoelectric effect. He used the precursor to quantum theory to explain the phenomena. So early physicists didn't really realize what they were creating. Max Planck considered his famous equation relating energy elements and frequency of a wave to be a mathematical trick, nothing more, and certainly not an accurate modeling of what was really going on. Einstein took that equation and actually managed to prove that EM waves can be described as particles or waves, depending on really what's going on. Those particles have discrete quantums or energy, which is dependent on the frequency associated with them. This is known as the duality of particles. This idea that a particle can be a wave as well was highly debated among the scientific community. The end of that debate resulted in kind of an accepting of this idea 
and even some of the basic tenets of quantum mechanics among the general community. This idea was further refined later to show that subatomic particles and EM waves are actually very, very similar, and neither are entirely particle or entirely wave. Instead, they have a hybrid structure. So how does this apply to modern science? If you've ever taken chemistry or a basic science class, you might remember hearing about Bohr's atom. Bohr stated that electron orbitals are not specific paths that electrons go around, like planetary orbits, where we can predict exactly where a planet will be at any time of the year. We have set equations to describe these things. No. You see, electrons will reside around a nucleus, and, may, and they'll probably orbit, they will move, but they will not sit in one specific point away from the nucleus. Instead, they might reside in any number of locations. You see, those orbitals are merely the most likely places to find an electron. That's it. What defines orbitals is the man-made calculations of energy. And it is based on discrete energy levels that are associated with any electrons on that orbital. But we can't say that we know exactly how far from a nucleus one electron is. That's not something we have the ability to test or certify. No, we can just guess. We can say there's a 60% chance that there's an electron on this orbital. That's it. The Heisenberg's uncertainty principle is a major part of modern science. It came about because of the duality of EM waves and subatomic particles. Heisenberg states that in an experiment, only one of two states can be tested. Therefore, when observed, a particle or EM field is forced into a wave or particle. Therefore, it is impossible to know all the values of all the properties of a system at the same moment. This specifically relates to any studies of subatomic particles. I can definitely tell you what the position and what the momentum of a car driving is. He is more concerned about things smaller than the nucleus. Heisenberg's theory makes the field of quantum mechanics a study of probabilities. It is guesses. Because if these values cannot be known, we must guess. He surmises that certain physical properties are shared, such as momentum and position, and cannot be known at the same moment. That is, they cannot be simultaneously measured. Therefore, you may have heard jokes about, well, you may have heard jokes if you live with nerds, but I have heard jokes about not being able to know the position of something because you know how fast it's going, because you know it's mass, and therefore you know it's momentum. That is not a very funny joke, um, because there's no joke there, but it, this is basically where it comes from, the idea that uh, Heisenberg's theory states that since momentum and position are correlated, we cannot measure both at the same time. One other development of quantum mechanics is something called the electron spin. So it's the result of Wolfgang Pauli and his exclusion principle, or Pauli's exclusion principle. Pauli's solution to resolve the inconsistencies between molecular behavior and quantum mechanics, that is, how we observe atoms acting in a molecule, as opposed to how we observe atoms on their own in quantum mechanics, it basically comes up with a new term for electrons. Electrons, we know their energy level, but what he does is adds another discrete level of information. Remember that term, information. It is critical to understanding quantum mechanics at any level, and especially the basic understanding 
and bare bones ideas that I'm hoping to teach you today. He comes up with the idea that electrons have spin. They can spin up, they can spin down. And that adds another level of information, which we can then correlate with the behavior of electrons and molecules, therefore solving that kind of crisis of information. Because if we add those, then we can start to solve the term. Think about it in calculus or in algebra. When you're doing a systems of equations, and you have three variables but two equations, you cannot solve that. It is impossible. What Pauli did was essentially added another equation and gave us enough information to reconcile the equations and solve it out. So I've saved the best for last, quantum entanglement. I think it's the coolest thing since the invention of physics. It is a very sci-fi idea, but if we ever want to have active communication across the solar system or across stars, it's really our only shot right now. It's really the holy grail of space nerds. Quantum entanglement is the idea that two particles, like photons, for example, or the particle form of light, interact physically. When they do this, they form a connection that we don't really understand that well. But it means that one will mimic the other's state. Their spin, what their energy levels are like, etc. And vice versa. Therefore, when you basically modify one, you modify the other in a non-material way. Scientists have measured the propagation of this phenomena, as in how quickly one reacts to another's change in energy levels or change in movement. And we've the best we can tell is it's more than 10,000 times the speed of light. It's theoretically instantaneous over any distance, but that's mostly a theory since we haven't actually been able to develop either precise enough tools or conduct these experiments over long enough distances to really tell how fast that transfer is. But still, 10,000 times the speed of light is pretty impressive. This idea essentially flaunts the speed of light constant, saying that no, it is not the universal speed limit, as everyone likes to say, or at least I do. It is not the one irrefutable law of the universe as we used to think. This doesn't mean that we can move an electron or a photon or, you know, a spaceship faster than light. Well, not yet, and not because of this. The idea is that we can transfer information faster than the speed of light. See, quantum mechanics is all about information. And with quantum entanglement, we can now move it faster than light itself in a way that we don't really understand. Maybe you've heard the phrase, spooky action at a distance. So this was Einstein's derisive view of quantum mechanics later in life, when he still thought that Newtonian physics was the end-all and be-all, and quantum mechanics was nearly a stepping stone for Newtonian physics to be able to come in and explain subatomic particles. But we know now that it's really a separate science altogether. So, to review, if force and energy are the basis of Newtonian physics, if mass and gravity and acceleration and all those terms you're used to seeing in a physics problem are really how we define Newtonian physics, information fills that role for quantum mechanics. Information cannot be created or destroyed, just translated. That's the idea. When we talked about few weeks ago with black holes saying it broke quantum mechanics, this is what we were talking about. 
The idea that Black Hole is destroying something and not letting it be released, and compressing it, and deleting it, that's not possible according to quantum mechanics, which led to Hawking discovering Hawking radiation. Alright guys, uh, this has been The Universe in You by the Signifying Nothing Network. I really appreciate you guys listening to it. Please uh, go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, whatever your podcatcher service lets you do. You can find us at signifyingnothingnetwork.com forward slash T-U-A-Y, just a little acronym there. You can find us on the Signifying Nothing Network Facebook page. You can email us at S-N-N at signifyingnothingnetwork.com. Go ahead and uh, listen to our other show, too. We have Sci-Fi Sidebar, to show where uh, myself and my sister, we discuss books that we've read, sci-fi books, and we love to discuss kind of the, the science, the ethics, the philosophy, the lessons learned and the morals taught and all that in those podcasts. We really enjoy doing that. Uh, those are a little longer, and just, you know, be warned, they are explicit. So if you are perhaps uh, very young or you are a parent who puts this on because it's a clean podcast for your child, I would not suggest uh, you listening to that one, at least with a child. Or do it. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just giving you a heads up. This is your call. So if you want to reach out to us, if you want to suggest maybe ideas, topics, if you want to tell us we're doing a terrible or great job, you can go to that email I gave you. You can go to our website. You have a form you can go to, make a topic, post, comment, whatever. Uh, I check it obsessively because I have nothing better to do with my life. So go ahead and just let us know what you think and how it's going. All right, guys. Uh, once again, this has been The Universe in You by the Signifying Nothing Network. Join us next week when we talk about... Uh, let's go with... Yeah, we're going to talk about string theory next week. So uh, join us next week for that. Once again, this has been The Universe in You by the Signifying Nothing Network. A tale told by idiots. Have a good, existentially unimportant week.